When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. In episode three of the NFL Vent Zone, we are discussing the Bears' lack of passing, getting way too carried away with Miami's new mega offense, and much, much more. Get involved and get it on. Dan, get it off your chest. Let's go. Woo-hoo! Hello everybody and welcome into the NFL Vent Zone, presented by Sport Tank. Ollie Ong, Christopher here, ready to help you through the trials and tribulations that come with supporting a team in the National Football League. Tebs, how are you this fine week? Well, I was having a great, great week. The Dolphins, they obviously came back against the Ravens in the best game of the year. And the year's not even over yet. It's week two. I was having a great day. See, the Dolphins win. My Monday's great. My Tuesday's great. My Wednesday's great. My Thursday was great. Until for the third week in a row, you've pronounced my last name wrong. It is Tebut. Not not what you say. I don't know what I don't know what you say, but it's wrong. But it's wrong. But we are going to let that slide. Look, it's... look, I'm sorry. And I think that... You were right to bring that up. I think it's only important that we air our dirty laundry in front of everyone else. I think that, you know, we're all yes. human. And uh, I apologise to you. I hear the listeners can be my witness. I apologise. I will work on it, which is frustrating because <laughs> I did actually practice it earlier today. So I'm obviously just a very confused man. Um, but yeah, what an incredible week too. It was, I'm very pleased for you, of course. Uh, I uh, had a very contrasting experience on Sunday when my uh, sweet prince Trey Lance got injured and uh, is already out for the season which is going to lead on to a whole another year or two of questions but I think that the best thing to do would be to let's not go down that road again today I've spoken about Trey Lance quite a lot I've spoken about um, the 49ers uh, and we're going to have plenty of time to talk about the Dolphins uh, in the vent zone so on the topic of the vent zone Tebs, could you kindly remind the listener about our show, The Vent Zone? Sure. The NFL Vent Zone, you know, presented by Sport Tank, of course, it is perfect. It is your NFL therapy session. Me and Ollie, we have got the chaise long ready for you. Take a good long lie down and spout all the anger and hatred in your heart out. So when you go to work on Monday, when you go to work on Tuesday, you have a nice, fresh feeling. You can talk to your co-workers and not be annoyed by the fact that one of them brought up that you played that American hand egg. No, you're not going to be stressed about that. You're not going to throw a glass of coffee on them 
Oh, you know, it's going to be nice and relaxed and smooth. And that is what the NFL Vent Zone is here for. It is here for you and it's here for your co-workers as well. That's right. I mean, the message that we always try to say is that the NFL Vent Zone is here for the fans. We're here for you. And a nice pivot off that, if you wouldn't mind, people. Could you please be there for us as well? Could you give us a five-star review? That would be very much appreciated. Uh, we are. Uh, I hope I'm not being too cheeky and asking there, but... You know, we're, we're just starting out and we really want to push this as far as we can go and help as many people as possible. Uh, so a cheeky five star review on uh, whatever platform you're listening uh, or just to subscribe or even if you just share it with someone else you think could benefit from our help. Boy, we would appreciate that massively, wouldn't we, Tebs? And uh, the one other thing that I need to mention as part of this housekeeping section, vents. We, our currency is vents. We want to help you and we want to talk about your vents on the show. So we want to get you on the show. And if you want to be on the show, all you have to do is record a voice note and send it to nflventzone at gmail.com. So if you send that over to us, we'll get it on the show and we will talk. Uh, we will discuss it and uh, try and prove you wrong, try and make you feel better. Whatever it is, we'll get it covered. Now, it's probably about time we entered the vent zone. Uh, this week, to start off the show, we are going with our first ever event that's not a voice recording. We've uh, taken something off Facebook, something that we saw in a response to one of our uh, Facebook messages. So if you could uh, bring it up now, producer Cash. There we go. Right. The first topic we're going to look at this week, the Bears. It's been an interesting start to the season for the Bears. And uh, in particular, this fan... Uh, Mark on Facebook has uh, expressed frustration at the fact that the Chicago Bears have only made 28 pass attempts this year. Now, the reason that that's quite a significant number is that every other team in the league has made at least 28 completions. They've only attempted 28 passes. So um, a very run-heavy offense and uh, quite a frustrating one. Uh, Tebs, what's your take on the Bears so far? Well, the thing is, you can't really put that number... Really, just because of the first week, you looked at the you looked at the weather of that game. That is not a passing game. That is it not was passing a weather. It was a monsoon. That's, it really was. That's that's not passing weather. You know, you've got to look at it as like there's if you if you pass in that, you're an idiot. You know, so you've got to look at it from that perspective. But then you've also got a feeling like it's not particularly great on the back of Justin Fields. You know, it's how's he going to react now that people are going to be crashing down on him saying, oh, they don't trust him to, to pass. Well, here's the thing. This is my problem with the Bears. I can name one player on the Bears. And that's Justin Fields. That, that's it. I don't know anything more about the Bears. Like, I put this, and, it, and it's not so much out of, you know, um, just sort of being ignorant. I choose to not know about the Bears because they're <laughs> awful. Like, they are doing a fantastic job of being the most underwhelming team in the league this year. But then on the flip side of that, technically, they are not the worst team in the league so far. You know, they are one and one because they beat some third-rate, awful <laughs> squadron. Careful uh, as you go one. there. Careful. <laughs> I don't know. They're, so, they're, like, they're like some strange, the third squad from California. Gross. <laughs> unbelievable stuff. Let's not um, diss the 49ers too much. Um. So, yeah, like that. They're just bore. They're just not interesting. The Bears. I no, I, I can't. I can't imagine waking up every day of your life and being like, "Yes, 
I support the Chicago Bears. Yeah, it's I can't um, imagine what that's like. Well, it must be made even more frustrating by the fact that last year there was such hope and promise in the form of their shiny new quarterback, Justin Fields. And he was a very highly touted uh, recruit coming out of uh, uh, Ohio State University. And um, it was looking really good for a minute. And here we are a year later and they've got 28 pass attempts in the first two weeks. Uh, They have just been humiliated in week two they did get a win in week one against my 49ers but it was again just one of those weird games that you just write off as a result of the weather um well, that, well that's one of that's one of those things where like you you can't really say like they've been disadvantaged both weeks you know horrible weather and then they've got one of the owners of the chicago bears playing them in the form of quarterback aaron Rodgers. like that just simply can't be fair you know you can't <laughs> have someone you can't have someone who owns at least part of the Chicago There's a conflict of interest, surely. There's a conflict of interest, exactly. The Bears have not had a fair shake of it so far. This is true. For for anyone that doesn't know what uh, Terbs is referring to there, it was one of the highlights of last season when uh, Aaron Rodgers proclaimed that he owned the Bears uh, while celebrating one of his uh, touchdowns last year. Um, But yeah, going back to the, uh, the kind of issues that do face the team, they got their shiny new quarterback. And what should you do with a new quarterback that you want to succeed? You should surround him with talent. All right. You look at yeah, what. And, 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 and do you know, actually, I, I always heard it was you put him behind a really awful O line. <laughs> Some contrasting <laughs> approaches there. But no, the, uh, yeah, you want to surprise, surround him with talent. And let's look at the talent that is on these Bears. As you've already said, Tubbs, you don't think it's even worth knowing re- the rest of the team. But. They've got a supporting cast because obviously they lost Alan Robinson last year, who didn't even do well. Um, but their supporting cast is of Darnell Mooney, who's a promising second-year wide receiver. Cole Komet. Then beyond that, you've got Equinemius St. Brown, who was a reject uh, from another team. And Valus Jones. And he's not, ev- he's not even the best St. Brown. He's a long way off being the best St. Brown. That Amon Ra St. Brown is uh, yeah, looking like exactly. over, the, over the beginning of this season in the last the end of last season, potentially like the best wide receiver in the league. And he or, plays or, for the Lions. Yeah, and he plays for the Lions. So, uh, yeah, it's a real issue. I mean, Justin Fields has a cannon of an arm. He's he's a threat with his legs. Uh, we just hope that for Bears fans' sake that they can uh, unleash him soon. Um, so, yeah, good luck with that, Bears fans. And uh, on to a, another struggling team. Uh, one that could potentially rival for the worst team in the league, um, the Colts. Let's hear the vent from Cam, please. Cameron! 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 The 2022 Indianapolis Colts suck. They absolutely suck. The offensive line, the highest, the most expensive offensive line in the whole NFL is absolutely shocking right now. They rank like 20, 25th out of 32 teams in pass blocking. How can that be? The wide receivers, outside of Michael Pittman, we have nothing. Absolutely nothing. With Pittman out on Sunday, the receivers just couldn't get open. And Matt Ryan was getting killed in the backfield because he had like one second to throw and he had no receivers getting open to help him. It, was, it is a absolute disaster. And Matt Ryan has been shocking as well. He might as well have kept Carson Wentz. That Gus Bradley's defense just gives yards to the opposition offense easily. They're supposed to be a bend but not break defense, but they do a lot of bending and they don't do a whole lot of not breaking. But it's really, really bad. Um, Frank Reich, I think, 
unless he can turn turn this round and make us into a true Super Bowl comp- contender by um, by season's end, is is finished as the Colts coach in my mind. And Chris Ballard can follow him out the door. In past years, when we've lost to the Jags and bad teams, you can see how it can get better. But with this team, I cannot see a path to it getting better. And we've got the Chiefs coming into town on Sunday. We're going to get absolutely destroyed. <laughs> And with that, you see what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when you are such a recurring guest on on this show, you get your own intro. And I love, I do love Cam. He's, he's a, he's a, I, I do know him and he loves the Colts. He loves the Colts. And he was, he's one of these lovely fans who loves talking at the, the biggest game in the world. Everyone else's team is rubbish. And, pre, and pre-season, he was loving it. Even I had, I had the Colts to um, at least make the playoffs this year. They're not. They're going to be. Congratulations on your number one pick, Indianapolis. Um, <laughs> they have been awful. Um, it seems to be that there are some teams that have a boogeyman. Um, the Patriots in Miami is one, and yeah. it seems to be that the Colts in Jacksonville is another. Last year, when you know the playoffs were on the line, they roll into an awful Jags um, squad in Jacksonville, decimated. But for 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 Cam, I imagine it's it's he's going to be sort of if, if Matt Ryan continues to perform the way he does, he's going to be looking back on that event he made in an earlier episode in regards to Carson Wentz calling him a doofus, and be looking at that with a bit of egg on his face, which is bad, which is surprising because Carson Wentz is awful. Well, th- but- this is a uh, this is quite funny. This is exactly what I pulled out of uh, from this event as well. <clears throat> so Cam, as you've said, has been on this show before. And uh, it's quite funny because his uh, his first or second vent was about Carson Wentz. What did Cam say in that vent there? He said, may as well have just kept Carson Wentz. How quickly times change. Carson Wentz at the moment, um, from a uh, yardage perspective and a touchdown perspective, is like top of the league or top three. I mean, who who'd have thought that we'd be there? And to be fair, Tebs, you and me, we have got to uh, own our uh, mistakes here because we we uh, we spent a, a good amount of time slagging off Carson Wentz as well. No, and Carson not- Wentz <laughs> fucking sucks. Carson Wentz <laughs> fucking sucks. No, I'm not going. I'm not. Hey, the numbers don't lie. The numbers face. don't lie. Mate, he has been numbers, absolutely slinging can, it. The numbers can say whatever they want. He sucks. He's he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Okay, he's, well he's, I can see that. His story, I can see the- his story is bad. Bad, You're going to die bad. on this hill completely then. You're, I will die on the hill of Carson Wentz being shit. And I must say, I mean, their, their, their matchup this week, um, he was horrible in the first half. The whole offence was. They uh, they struggled to move uh, the ball. It was a painful, painful uh, match to watch. Um, but yeah, it's a funny turnaround that we've had. Things really can change over a few weeks. Uh, Cam initially said that he never, ever wanted to see Carson Wentz play again. <laughs> and it's an indictment on Matt Ryan. Uh, and the rest of the Colts' offense. That just two weeks later, Cam is saying that he may as well have kept Carson Wentz. Um, the problem, the problem with Cam is, is that Cam is one of these awful people who, when his team is going badly, he will attack everyone else's team, right? And it wouldn't be surprised if the next, if the next one, the next event that he does is in regards to a completely different squad. It wouldn't surprise me, you know. But like Matt Ryan has been surprisingly bad. Yes. Like, like it's like this. The Bears, you expected the Bears and the Seahawks to suck, right? No one expected the Colts to suck. And those no. are the best squads. But you got, and then I guess we do come back again to something that Cam raised as a vent in a, an episode b- 
before, he said he was worried about the fact that they didn't have a wide receiver beyond Michael Pittman. And the fact of the matter is that even when they've got Michael Pittman on the field, they've got a wide receiver issue. When Michael Pittman's not there, they have got absolutely no one to throw to because it's just a, it's just a long list of players that that are not not performing. I, you Paris I, Campbell, tell, I, tell, I tell you what, I tell you what, the amount of money that the, the Indianapolis Colts have cost me already because I go, they can't throw. Matt Ryan's Matt Ryan's trash now. I'm going to put I don't know, a couple quid, Jonathan Taylor to score just one, just one touchdown. One. That's it. You know, does it happen? No, it doesn't happen. They're just that bad. They are just that bad. I'm still uh, really yeah. betting on it, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if you look at that 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 division, that's a, that's a bad-looking division. Um, suddenly that tie with the Texans is looking like... Uh, they should be pretty grateful to have walked out of that one. Yeah. Uh, with a tie. Uh, I think it was a really interesting point that you said there about the fact that the Jags are the um, Colts boogeyman. That's absolutely a fact. I think that's 10, 10 uh, fixtures in Jacksonville that the Colts have lost in a row. And if you look back... Is it? Oh, years, should have. Why could he Jags... have told me this before so I could put some money on it? I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, the Jags uh, have been awful, which, uh, uh, which says... which says a lot about the fact that the Colts have lost their 10 times in a row. Uh, if that number's uh, entirely accurate, I'm not entirely sure, um, but it's around that mark. Right then, poor Colts, poor, poor Colts. Um, thank you, Cam, for sending that one in. And yeah, that's a good reminder that if you do want to be featured on the show, please do send us your events. If you send us enough, you'll get your own jingle. I'm sure Cam is over the moon with that. Uh, right then, on to my event. So normally I use this as a um, 49ers therapy uh, session. I'm not going to do that this week. I'm diverting my attention to Kyle Pitts, and really, this is a this is kind of a a, a combination vent between Kyle Pitts and Arthur Smith, the coach of the Atlanta uh, Falcons. So, Kyle Pitts has been touted for a very, very long time as a a unicorn of the position. Really, he is a tight end that's built like a tight end, but he runs and catches like a wide receiver. He is. I mean, if you listen to what everybody, what all the analysts say, he's going to be the best tight end that's ever played the game. All right. So, so far this year, two catches for 19 yards in week one, two catches for 19 yards in week two. Wow. Which is not, not that impressive. And what they, he came into the league with such promise that despite the fact that last year he got an, a 1,000-yard season, which is incredibly rare for a rookie tight end, um, it kind of felt underwhelming because of the hype that, that came with him. Um, and now being in his sophomore season and getting off to the start that he, he is on so far, it's just, it's, it's concerning. So the bit that frustrates me with Arthur Smith is that he laughs it off and he says, look, we're not trying to get fantasy points here for, uh, for Kyle Pitts. We're trying to win games. Okay. Um, Tebs, do you know what the uh, Atlanta Falcons uh, record is off the top of your head? Oh, I imagine it starts with a zero. It does start with a zero. So oh, Arthur Smith's man. argument that they're trying to win games doesn't really stand up because they're not doing that. So it's it like his argument that they're not trying to do fantasy points, they're trying to win games. They got this absolute weapon at tight end who gives a massive advantage against uh, when he lines up in the uh, middle of the field or on, or even on the outside. But you line him up against a linebacker and he's just going to have fun with that, surely. Um and they're not getting him the ball. And my my argument to Arthur Smith is, 
maybe if you try and trying to win games, why don't you use Kyle Pitts? Does that not make sense to you, Tebs? Oh, well, his thing. If I remember correctly, last year he they didn't use him very much in the in his first few games. In fact, if Cash right there, do me a favor, check how many touchdowns Kyle Pitts had last year for me. He had one. I'm exactly, sure he had one, one touchdown. touchdown. One. That's not impressive. A thousand yard season. But obviously, it's not his fault. You know, they just they just haven't schemed properly with him there. You know, they've now got Drake London, if I recall correctly. You do. You know, um, but like the Falcons are running the risk of sort of becoming a, a place where rookies basically have a tryout before they go and traded somewhere else like it would not it would not surprise me if just due to the numbers that um kyle pitts is getting obviously through no fault of his own because you know getting how many targets a game is not a lot it wouldn't surprise me if they just trade him yeah well because they're not using him enough uh, but like people you, still know he's good. like what you just said there you said they're not scheming they're not like scheming it right to use him i think what they're doing is they, because he's such a threat, they're just using him to free up space for everyone else. Like Drake London has had an awesome start to the season. His first two games have been brilliant. And it's like, yeah, great. Your Carl Pitts is a, is a massive threat who demands uh, double coverage. And uh, that frees up space for whoever they've got, Zacchaeus or uh, um, Drake London, as we say, which is great. But just use him. Just think he, he had a thousand yards and it felt underwhelming last year. You know who who knows what he could do, and I just feel like they should they should get him involved more. Uh, this is also coming from the perspective as I own him in a couple of fantasy leagues, some uh, fantasy leagues that I have Ooh, money on as well. I, I, see, I see, I see. But here's the thing: it just seems to me like t- teams who have players who have high fantasy points normally win games. So the fact that Arthur Smith has turned said we're not playing this for fantasy points, well. Oh. Maybe you should try. Maybe well, you should try that. Point. This is my point. It's like if he scores fantasy points, that means he's producing, he's right? Yeah. They've exactly. already got Drake, they've got Drake London who's already producing. If you can get Carl Pitts involved as well, uh like Marcus Mariota is doing a doing a pretty good job, all, all things considered. Trust him to get the ball to Carl Pitts. Under 20 yards in both of his first two games is not acceptable for because you've got to remember the draft capital in this guy. They drafted him fourth overall. I mean, for and, any position, and I'd I'd argue they shouldn't have picked him. Well, it looks like that picked, way. They should have I mean, picked an O lineman. I think that you're right. I mean, like tight end alone to draft that highly is a big deal, and any position in the fourth overall. Um, but yeah, that's my event on Carl Pitts. Um, fingers crossed, he turns it around and starts scoring some fantasy points for my. Uh, for some of my teams, and uh, if anything, we just we just want to be treated to a uh, good Carl Pitts performance because it will be enjoyable to watch. Um, so yeah, before we go on to the next uh, the next event, which is actually from uh, our producer uh, Cash, producer Chris, so he's going to come in in a minute and give us his event. Uh, but before we do that, we don't want to hear from Chris. We don't. We don't want to hear from Chris. We don't want to hear from me or Tebs. We want to hear from you. We're here to help you, really. Uh, so. When you get pissed off on a Sunday at your team, the thing to do, send your event to nflventzone at gmail.com. That'll be all over our socials. It's on the video screen here if you happen to be watching. nflventzone at gmail.com. 
Send us your events. We'll get them on the podcast. Eventually, we're going to go live through our wonderful hosts, Sport Tank. Um, we'll be going live on their social media channels as well, sporttank.com, if you want to check them out. I have a few blogs that get released there. Tebs has some blogs as well. Um, Tebs, could you very quickly, 30 seconds, sum up what Sport Tank is, uh, just so that we give them a bit of love? Sure. So basically, Sport Tank is an independent non-biased media platform mainly covering the British American Football Leagues, whether that be the British University American Football Leagues or the British Women's um, American Football Leagues or the Senior League as well. But obviously we're taking a deep dive into covering all things American football. So we've got previews of NFL games. We've got reviews. we got Coach Yates doing the breakdown this week. He broke down the Baltimore Ravens versus the Miami Dolphins. And we've got a lot more to come as well. Yeah, thanks. That was perfectly concise and excellently delivered. Well done, Tevs. Love that. Uh, right, now let's move on to, uh, let's welcome in producer Cash. Hello, gentlemen. Oh, we're going again. <laughs> so good, you got to play it twice. You can't multitask. That's the thing, isn't it? You can't multitask. <laughs> guys this is what it is this is how it is uh no i uh, the, this is the uh the my my debut uh, as my own event and i want to i want to pull up a bit of personal beef potentially that uh, this has come from so my event this week is about um deshaun watson uh, i'm trying to not spit when i say his name and uh more controversially people who uh pick him up in fantasy leagues after Anyone all won? of the news <laughs> after all the news that we had over summer and uh, and everything that's come out i was shocked when i opened up uh, me and ollie's fantasy sort of teams and i saw that there on his reserves with the big sus on it is deshaun watson Sus. and i have to say that is suspect mate that is absolutely <laughs> shocking I mean, what was also quite shocking as well was uh, Ollie's explanation. So I'm gonna I'm gonna open the floor up to him, and I'm gonna give him an opportunity to to to, to try and vindicate himself because I'm not too sure, mate. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Okay, well, I don't need your um, approval. <laughs> I need to uh, to sleep well at night. I sleep just fine without your approval. Just so you know. However, I'm going to, I worry more about the, the listener's perspective. So I think that I will just address a few things if that's quite all right with you two chat. First of all, I think that what I've really done is I've been very proactive and I've put myself in a strong position because when week 10 rolls around, maybe, uh, maybe uh, you, Chris, who your quarterback is Lamar Jackson, maybe Lamar Jackson goes down and you're making a run for a, a, a fantasy title that you so dearly wish for and you look at the waiver wire and you think oh Carson Wentz Jared Goff oh Deshaun Watson I'm not going to feel good about it but I need to win my I want to win my league I'm going to pick him up Chris I'm not saying that you're going to do that I'm saying that one of the uh one of the there's what there's you and me then there's eight other people in the league one of them is likely to do that and all I've done is I've put him on my reserves I don't plan on playing him but when somebody wants to go and pick him up they're not gonna be able to do that and if they want him, they're going to have to pay heavily when I hold all the power. I don't want him. I've got Jalen Hurts. I'm uh, happy. I think he's going to be the number one quarterback in the league from a fantasy perspective. Also, point two, before we get Tebs' opinion on this, I can be at peace with my decision because unlike the Cleveland Browns, 
I have not rewarded Deshaun Watson for any of his behaviour. I have not sent him £250 million in the post to say, welcome to my fantasy roster. He has not been rewarded. He has not been <laughs> impacted by me being on his team. The fact By him being on my team. I'm definitely not on his team. I'll, I'll say that. Um, yeah, I have not impacted his life in any way. I am merely in a more powerful position to profit off people's panic when he comes back around. So before we come back to you, Chris... Uh, I see Tebs as the mediator there. I already feel like he's going to take your side, but let's do uh, it. <laughs> well, what I'm gathering is with this whole, well, I'm not on the side of Deshaun Watson. What, you, what you've done is you have turned to Deshaun Watson and said, you know what, this is what you've done is okay because people still draft you anyway. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what you've done. You've, you, you've, you've said this sort of behavior is fine with me. Ollie Ong. That is what you that is that's all you've said, mate. And you know, it's fine. Here. you know, it's it's fine. It's it's fine, bro. If that's you, then that's you, my friend. <laughs> oh, no, don't put it on yes. me like that. Oh, oh, hey man, if that's how you want to live your life, you know. I mean I don't condone his behavior. I uh I merely want to make sure that nobody else benefits if he just so happens to come out and perform well. That would be here's even the, more sickening than the worst thing, kind, thing, on, on the on the flip side of the coin. I do understand what he's saying because I also took two starting quarter. I took two starting quarterbacks, and I had a lovely little trade happen with me. I, I got some people that I wanted. I got I got a better defense because they were because they were they were grafting after Ryan Tannehill, and I had him. So now I've got wafty. Why? Why are you drafting over Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> because because both of, because they'd only drafted one QB, and that was Mac Jones, and he was questionable. You're they just a That's what it is. I did because I gave away basically. So in the first week, which was not a fantasy podcast, Robbie Anderson got 27 points. Robbie Anderson's never going to get 27 points again. He's not going to go anywhere close. Shipped him off. Got CD Lamb. Sell high, buy low. That's the. Uh, you're right, Ted. This is a fantasy <laughs> podcast, but we can still deliver amazing nuggets of information and use that as a nice way to deflect off the Deshaun Watson inf- information. And maybe we just say, Chris, we're we're getting along with uh, time here, so I think it's about time you maybe uh, make your exit. Any last words? <laughs> All right, my last words are: is the Ollie all dreadful points. I. Uh, I t- <laughs> As a log out, look in the mirror, mate, and uh, just really think about what you because I'm not. I will look in the mirror tonight and think about the fantasy championship that I'm going to win, not by using Deshaun Watson on my starting, but to trade him away when somebody else gets desperate. (laughs) Right, Chris, on your way out, could you kindly roll uh, the next event? Now I know that you're not good at multitasking, so we'll give you a five second uh, gap if you need it. Let's see it. Okay, so my rant for this week is the Miami defence. So, admittedly, I panicked a little bit last week going into the first fantasy matchup. Uh, and uh, normally, Miami's games against New England are a bit hit and miss. So, I panicked a little bit and benched the Miami defence uh, right at the last minute, only for them to uh, play extremely well against New England week one and uh, score me some very good fantasy points, albeit for nothing, as they remained on my bench. So... Going into week two against the Baltimore, which I've, I thought was another tough matchup for them, I uh, I trusted them this week uh, to to hold out strong as they did week one against New England, and uh, failed miserably in one of my leagues. They got me minus four points, I think it was this week, and I had them in three of my leagues. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, Miami's defense, uh, you're getting dropped for the remainder of the season. Fuck you guys. 
<laughs> Feels, that felt personal. <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, not best pleased. And I can understand why. In a week that was an incredible week for the Miami Dolphins, potentially their best week uh, in a very, very long time, uh, bar maybe beating the Patriots a couple of times. Uh, it wasn't a good showing for the defence. They conceded, I think, believe, 38 points. Um, Tebs will correct me if I'm wrong, but it was around that mark. Uh, and the reason that I'm happy is because uh, the matchup that Brandon is referring to there, he was actually playing against me. Sorry, more fantasy chat. But yes, uh, he was playing the Miami defence against me and the Baltimore Ravens. Stacked up a load of points and gave him minus four, which helped. But yeah, not the best week on defence. So far this season, only two of the players on the Miami defence have actually recorded sacks. Brandon Jones, their safety, and Emmanuel Ogbe, the defensive end. Um, Two weeks in, two sacks. That's not the most impressive start. Uh, But I'm now going to hand over to our resident Miami expert to tell me and uh, everyone else not to worry about the Miami defence and uh, just to generally enjoy their amazing season so far. Well, Brandon, I don't know you personally. Let me start off by saying you can fuck off as well. Fuck off right back. (laughs) Don't you dare talk about the Miami Dolphins defense like that. Don't you fucking dare. Keep the name out of your mouth. Oh, my fantasy team, all minus four points. Mate, call me Arthur Smith. Fantasy points do not matter. (laughs) They do not matter. Well, his thing, well, because if you had the Miami Dolphins defense, that's one thing. What about if you had two attack of Ilaa? You got thirty-eight points, all right. You know, yeah. Defense I'd is- argue that he has a point, though, Tebs. I argue that he has a point. They did concede a lot of points. There was the uh, there was also the uh, kickoff return. The very first play of the game was a kickoff return for a touchdown. Was yo, it? and that's that's radical. That's so cool. That's so mad that I, I watched it. I was there. I couldn't believe it. But at the end of the day, <laughs> what? Ooh, that's it. Ooh, uh, we're in the fourth quarter. We the the, the defense is pretty good, isn't it? And you know, and that's what matters. I don't care about your minus four. Fine, go and get the Giants' defense, whatever you want, and they can give you a steady plus two every week. That's fine. But the Dolphins, it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. We'll give you the world, or we'll shit in your cereal. All right, that's what it is. It's like being a Dolphins fan. And you know what? There's a video that will perfectly demonstrate what it is like to be a Dolphins fan, especially against a team like the Baltimore Ravens. Bang. Now, I don't know who that fan is, but he's extremely attractive. Now, <laughs> as you can see through the wall of delicious Mexican lager that was uh, <laughs> that was consumed throughout that game, that was that was that was yours truly. And the best part about that game was it wasn't just that we beat them; is that well, in this lovely house that I live in, in my palatial estate in Coventry, which, as you can see from what that was, that was a security camera for the door. So, my palatial estate in Coventry. I share the house with someone who supports the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, no way. And obviously, he was very happy in the first half. I was distraught. I, I in fact, asked both of my housemates how much the TV we were watching it on cost. Because I was going to two-foot it. Straight up two-foot it. But at the end of the game, it doesn't matter. Because our Lord and Saviour, 
Tua Tagovailoa threw six touchdowns, 469 yards. And if you look at the top two wide receivers in terms of receiving yards, Dolphins have two. Two of them. Waddle and Hill are two. They're the top five. Two of the top five. It's right? ridiculous. It so is ridiculous. Don't get me, so don't I mean, get me started on, on, on the, the defense. The defense is fine. All right, and it doesn't matter that we've got Buffalo on Sunday and they're going to fucking pound us into the dirt because we have beaten the Baltimore Ravens twice over the last two years and no one thought we would do, all right? So to Brandon, I say, why don't you grow up? Yeah, why don't you grow up? Why don't you grow up? Yeah, well, I think that it's right. Let maybe uh, we'll just... We'll just forget about the defense. We'll just forget about them. We'll just look forget at the offense. about it. You know, isn't it. Who even needs it when your quarterback can throw exactly. six touchdowns in a game exactly. and you've got two also, receivers? Also, also we, we okay. Like, let's be honest. So we've got. You can't be stopped. Um, we have got Xavier Howard still. Jones good. D line Wilkins. The rest of them, Ogba, they're all right. You know, I can definitely see. Next year's draft, us going from all defensive player. You know, Van Ginkle's very good, you know, when he gets a ball. But, like, think about it even in the first week. Um, did we get a pick six? Yes, we did. All right. It's, it's ups and downs with defensive teams. It's, ups and, it's up and down with defensive teams. All right. So, we'll, we'll stop gushing over the Dolphins, I think, just, just, for, just for this week. And we shall <laughs> kindly move yeah. on. Just for this week, we'll only talk about them for like seven minutes and then move on. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's. Uh, I'm happy for you, Tebs. I am. I. Uh, I'm very jealous. In fact, I'm happy for me as well. You get, you get to watch a team which is coached by Mike McDaniel. You've got Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill going off for 360 yards and four touchdowns in one game. The future is bright. Um, and uh, that's why the sun. I got the sunglasses are on, boy. That's that why. is why the sunglasses are on. Um, and yeah, as we seamlessly transition on to the next segment, the future is less bright for the Los An- uh, for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, it was a uh, well, it could be bright, but it's not. It's not really got off to the best start. Now, again, just like many teams this year, they came in with big, big hopes and ambitions. They gained Devonte Adams, arguably the best wide receiver in the league, and. Uh, it just looked like him paired with his best mate from college, uh, Derek Carr. They were gonna, they were just gonna be, they were gonna mirror what Cooper Cup and uh, Matt Stafford did, where he just went on an absolute, they just went on an absolute tear. That hasn't happened quite so far. Um, so we're just gonna talk about something that happened uh, this Sunday that was quite funny. So if Chris, if you can bring the uh, the tweet up, yeah, this did not age well. So. <laughs> For those of you who are watching, you can see what we're looking at. For those of the for those of you that are not watching, we're looking at a screenshot. I'll talk you through it. It shows the score: seven to the Cardinals, twenty-three to the Raiders. Third quarter, one minute thirty-eight to go. We're looking at some Raiders fans. What are these Raiders fans doing? They're spraying champagne. They're laughing. They're joking. Hopping they are bottles. basically, they, yeah, big old bottles of champagne or prosecco, whatever it is. They're rubbing. Uh, they are bragging right in the face of everyone else. How did that game end, Tebs? Oh, what surprise! Raiders lost. <laughs> Here's the thing: I've said this for a while in regards to the Las Vegas Raiders and you know the Oakland Raiders. They have, without a doubt, the worst fan base in the entire league. Their fans are awful, 
absolutely awful. You know, they're just, you look at them and you're like, no, no, thank you. That is not what, that is not, that is not what I watch football for. Go away. I've had some interaction with them. And the problem is, is that Raiders fans are delusional as well. I spoke, I spoke to 20s like, we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. No, you're not. You're just not, are you? Be real with yourself. And, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're but, a Raider but, fan and you're listening, we love you because you're listening. We just hate the whole rest of the fan base. That's what they need. Do you know what the rest of the fan base needs? They need to they need to be on the NFL vent zone permanently. If they, we need, we had an NFL vent zone mansion rehab, that's where they need to go. They need to stay in there for about two, three months, learn how to be civil, right? We we out here with what were you out here with a football game with champagne? You yeah, that, Where's your bud lights? You pop you only pop you, you pop a bottle of Frank's red hot, chuck it on your wings. That's the only bottle that is allowed. You you're disgusting. Champagne at American football. Disgusting. Not even the Super Bowl. Give me <laughs> two Bud Lights. I will stone cold them over my head and pour them on myself. Champagne. Like I'm going to those people are not real Raiders fans. I could tell that because they're not all face painted up. That's why. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's true. They don't. Um, they don't look like. Uh, yeah, the real, the real face paint ones with the masks and the helmets and everything. Um, but nevertheless, um, Raiders fans and ones that we can take, uh, we can enjoy laughing at. And uh, on that very, very positive and enjoyable note, we'll end this week's podcast. Um, thank you, Tebs. Uh, thanks a lot for your thoughts on all of these vents. Uh, and a reminder to everyone else who want to hear your vents, nflventzone at gmail.com. That's how you send them to us. That's how you get them on the show. Um, and yeah, week three starting tonight will already be underway. Enjoy it. And we'll see you next week, same time, Thursday night. Podcast Network.